Modern World History, Patterns of Interaction, Chapter 16, Section 4, The Allied Victory, Setting the Stage. On December 22, 1941, just after Pearl Harbor, Winston Churchill and President Roosevelt met at the White House to develop a joint war policy. Stalin had asked his allies to relieve German pressure on his armies in the East. He wanted them to open a second front in the West. This would split the German strengths by forcing them to fight major battles in two regions instead of one. Churchill agreed with Stalin's strategy. The Allies would weaken Germany on two fronts before dealing a death blow. At first, Roosevelt was torn, but ultimately he agreed. The tide turns on two fronts. Churchill wanted Britain and the United States to strike first at North Africa and Southern Europe. The strategy angered Stalin. He wanted the Allies to open the second front in France. The Soviet Union, therefore, had to hold out on its own against the Germans. All Britain and the United States could offer in the way of help was supplies. Nevertheless, late in 1942, the Allies began to turn the tide of war both in the Mediterranean and on the Eastern Front. The North African Campaign As you recall from Section 1, General Erwin Rommel took the key Libyan port city of Tobruk in June 1942. With Tobruk's fall, London sent General Bernard Montgomery, Monty, to his troops to take control of British forces in North Africa. By the time Montgomery arrived, however, the Germans had advanced to the Egyptian village called El Alamein, west of Alexandria. They were dug in so well that British forces could not go around them. The only way to dislodge them, Montgomery decided, was with a massive frontal attack. The Battle of El Alamein began on the night of October 23rd. The roar of about a thousand British guns took the Axis soldiers totally by surprise. They fought back fiercely and held their ground for several days. By November 4th, however, Rommel's army had been beaten. He and his forces fell back. As Rommel retreated west, the Allies launched Operation Torch. On November 8th, an Allied force of more than 100,000 troops, mostly Americans, landed in Morocco and Algeria. American General Dwight D. Eisenhower led this force. Caught between Montgomery's and Eisenhower's armies, Rommel's Africa Corps was finally crushed in May 1943. The Battle for Stalingrad As Rommel suffered defeats in North Africa, German armies also met their match in the Soviet Union. The German advance had stalled at Leningrad and Moscow late in 1941, and the bitter winter made the situation worse. When the summer of 1942 arrived, however, Hitler sent his 6th Army under the command of General Friedrich Paulus to seize the oil fields in the Caucasus Mountains. The army was also to capture Stalingrad, now Volgograd, a major industrial center on the Volga River. The Battle of Stalingrad began on August 23, 1942. The Luftwaffe went on nightly bombing raids that set much of the city ablaze and reduced the rest to rubble. The situation looked desperate. Nonetheless, Stalin had already told his commanders to defend the city named after him to the death. By early November 1942, Germans controlled 90% of the ruined city. Then another Russian winter set in. On November 19th, Soviet troops outside the city launched a counterattack. Closing in around Stalingrad, they trapped the Germans inside and cut off their supplies. General Paulus begged Hitler to order a retreat, but Hitler refused, saying the city was, quote, to be held at all costs, end quote. 
On February 2nd, 1943, some 90,000 frostbitten, half-starved German troops surrendered to the Soviets. These pitiful survivors were all that remained of an army of 330,000. Stalingrad's defense had cost the Soviets over 1 million soldiers. The city was 99% destroyed. However, the Germans were now on the defensive, with the Soviets pushing them steadily westward. The Invasion of Italy As the Battle of Stalingrad raged, Stalin continued to urge the British and Americans to invade France. However, Roosevelt and Churchill decided to attack Italy first. On July 10, 1943, Allied forces landed on Sicily and captured it from Italian and German troops about a month later. The conquest of Sicily toppled Mussolini from power. On July 25th, King Victor Emmanuel III had the dictator arrested. On September 3rd, Italy surrendered, but the Germans seized control of northern Italy and put Mussolini back in charge. Finally, the Germans retreated northward, and the victorious Allies entered Rome on June 4th, 1944. Fighting in Italy, however, continued until Germany fell in May 1945. On April 27, 1945, Italian resistance fighters ambushed some German trucks near the northern city, northern Italian city of Milan. Inside one of the trucks, they found Mussolini disguised as a German soldier. They shot him the next day and later hung his body in downtown Milan for all to see. The Allied Home Fronts Wherever Allied forces fought, people on the home fronts rallied to support them. In war-torn countries like the Soviet Union and Great Britain, civilians endured extreme hardships. Many lost their lives. Except for a few of its territories, such as Hawaii, the United States did not suffer an invasion or bombing. Nonetheless, Americans at home made a crucial contribution to the Allied war effort. Americans produced the weapons and equipment that would help win the war. Mobilizing for war. Defeating the Axis powers required mobilizing for total war. In the United States, factories converted their peacetime operations to wartime production and made everything from machine guns to boots. Automobile factories produced tanks. The typewriter company made armor-piercing shells. By 1944, between 17 and 18 million U.S. workers, many of them women, had jobs in war industries. With factories turning out products for the war, a shortage of consumer goods hit the United States. From meat and sugar to tires and gasoline, from nylon stockings to laundry soap, the American government rationed scarce items. Setting the speed limit at 35 miles an hour also helped to save gasoline and rubber. In European countries directly affected by the war, rationing was even more drastic. To inspire their people to greater efforts, Allied governments conducted highly effective propaganda campaigns. In the Soviet Union, a Moscow youngster collected enough scrap metal to produce 14,000 artillery shells, and a Russian family used its life savings to buy a tank for the Red Army. In the United States, youngsters saved their pennies and bought government war stamps and bonds to help finance the war. War Limits Civil Rights Government propaganda also had a negative effect. After Pearl Harbor, a wave of prejudice arose in the United States against Japanese Americans. Most lived in Hawaii and on the West Coast. The bombing of Pearl Harbor frightened Americans. This fear, encouraged by government propaganda, was turned against Japanese Americans. They were suddenly seen as the enemy. On February 19, 1942, 
President Roosevelt issued an executive order calling for the internment of Japanese Americans because they were considered a threat to the country. In March, the military began rounding up aliens and shipping them to relocation camps. The camps were restricted military areas located far away from the coast. Such locations, it was thought, would prevent these enemy aliens from assisting a Japanese invasion. However, two-thirds of those in turn were Nisei, native-born American citizens whose parents were Japanese. Many of them volunteered for military service and fought bravely for the United States, even though their families remained in the camps. Victory in Europe While the Allies were dealing with issues on the home front, they also were preparing to push towards victory in Europe. In 1943, the Allies began secretly building an invasion force in Great Britain. Their plan was to launch an attack on German-held France across the English Channel. The D-Day Invasion By May 1944, the invasion force was ready. Thousands of planes, ships, tanks, and landing craft and more than 3 million troops awaited the order to attack. General Dwight D. Eisenhower, the commander of this enormous force, planned to strike on the coast of Normandy in northwestern France. The Germans knew that an attack was coming, but they did not know where it would be launched. To keep Hitler guessing, the Allies set up a huge dummy army with its own headquarters and equipment. This make-believe army appeared to be preparing to attack the French seaport of Calais. Codenamed Operation Overlord, the invasion of Normandy was the largest land and sea attack in history. The invasion began on June 6, 1944, known as D-Day. At dawn on that day, British, American, French, and Canadian troops fought their way onto a 60-mile stretch of the beach in Normandy. The Germans had dug in with machine guns, rocket launchers, and cannons. They sheltered behind concrete walls three feet thick. Not surprisingly, the Allies took heavy casualties. Among the American forces alone, more than 2,700 men died on the beaches that day. Despite heavy losses, the Allies held the beachhead. Within a month of D-Day, more than 1 million additional troops had landed. Then, on July 25th, the Allies punched a hole in the German defense near San Lo, and the United States' 3rd Army, led by General George Patton, broke out. A month later, the Allies marched triumphantly into Paris. By September, they had liberated France, Belgium, and Luxembourg. They then set their sights on Germany. The Battle of the Bulge as Allied forces moved towards Germany from the west, the Soviet army was advancing towards Germany from the east. Hitler now faced a war on two fronts. In a desperate gamble, he decided to counterattack in the west. Hitler hoped a victory would split American and British forces and break up Allied supply lines. Explaining the reason behind this plan, Hitler said, quote, This battle is to decide whether we shall live or die. All resistance must be broken in a wave of terror. End quote. On December 16th, German tanks broke through weak American defenses along a 75-mile front in the Ardennes. The push into Allied lines gave the campaign its name, the Battle of the Bulge. Although caught off guard, the Allies eventually pushed the Germans back. The Germans had little choice but to retreat, since there was no reinforcements available. Germany's Unconditional Surrender After the Battle of the Bulge, the war in Europe rapidly drew to a close. In late March 1945, the Allies rolled across the Rhine River into Germany. By the middle of April, a noose was closing around Berlin. About 3 million Allied soldiers approached Berlin from the southwest. 
another 6 million Soviet troops approached from the east. By April 25, 1945, the Soviets had surrounded the capital and were pounding the city with artillery fire. While Soviet shells burst over Berlin, Hitler prepared for his end in an underground headquarters beneath the crumbling city. On April 29th, he married his longtime companion, Eva Braun. The next day, Hitler and Eva Braun committed suicide. Their bodies were then carried outside and burned. On May 7, 1945, General Eisenhower accepted the unconditional surrender of the Third Reich from the German military. President Roosevelt, however, did not live to, to witness the long-awaited victory. He had died suddenly on April 12th as Allied armies were advancing towards Berlin. Roosevelt's successor, Harry Truman, received the news of the Nazi surrender. On May 9th, the surrender was officially signed in Berlin. The United States and other Allied powers celebrated VE Day, Victory in Europe Day. After nearly six years of fighting, the war in Europe had ended. Victory in the Pacific Although the war in Europe was over, the Allies were still fighting in the Japanese in the Pacific. With the Allied victory at Guadalcanal, however, the Japanese advances in the Pacific had been stopped. For the rest of the war, the Japanese retreated before the counterattack of the Allied powers. The Japanese in retreat. By the fall of 1944, the Allies were moving in on Japan. In October, Allied forces landed on the island of Leyte in the Philippines. General Douglas MacArthur, who had been ordered to leave the islands before their surrender in May of 1942, waited ashore at Leyte with his troops. On reaching the beach, he declared, quote, People of the Philippines, I have returned, end quote. Actually, the takeover would not be quite that easy. The Japanese had devised a bold plan to halt the Allied advance. They would destroy the American fleet, thus preventing the Allies from resupplying their ground troops. This plan, however, required risking almost the entire Japanese fleet. They took this gamble on October 23rd in the Battle of Leyte Gulf. Within four days, the Japanese Navy had lost disastrously, eliminating it as a fighting force in the war. Now, only the Japanese army and the feared kamikaze stood between the Allies and Japan. The kamikazes were Japanese suicide pilots. They would sink Allied ships by crash-diving their bomb-filled planes into them. In March 1945, after a month of bitter fighting and heavy losses, American Marines took Iwo Jima, an island 760 miles from Tokyo. On April 1st, U.S. troops moved to the island of Okinawa, only about 350 miles from southern Japan. The Japanese put up a desperate fight. Nevertheless, on June 21st, one of the bloodiest land battles of the war ended. The Japanese lost over 100,000 troops and the Americans 12,000. The Japanese Surrender after Okinawa, the next stop for the Allies had to be Japan. President Truman's advisors had informed him that an invasion of the Japanese homeland might cost the Allies half a million lives. Truman had to make a decision whether to use a powerful new weapon called the atomic bomb, or A-bomb. Most of his advisors felt that using it would bring the war to the quickest possible end. The bomb had been developed by the top-secret Manhattan Project, headed by General Leslie Groves, and chief scientist J. Robert Oppenheimer. Truman first learned of the bombs, the new bomb's existence when he became president. The first atomic bomb was exploded in a desert in New Mexico on July 16, 1945. President Truman then warned the Japanese. He told them that unless they surrendered, they could expect a, quote, reign of ruin from the air, end quote. 
the Japanese did not reply. So, on August 6, 1945, the United States dropped an atomic bomb on Hiroshima, a Japanese city of nearly 350,000 people. Between 70 and 80,000 people died in the attack. Three days later, on August 9th, a second bomb was dropped on Nagasaki, a city of 270,000. More than 70,000 people were killed immediately. Radiation fallout from the two explosions killed many more. The Japanese finally surrendered to General Douglas MacArthur on September 2nd. The ceremony took place aboard the United States battleship Missouri in Tokyo Bay. With Japan's surrender, the war had ended. Now countries face the task of rebuilding a war-torn world.